Curtis being chased, thrown on the run, and it is caught. Touchdown, Keenan Allen. What a grab. That's what I'm talking about. Hey, that's what I'm talking about. That's the Warrior spirit right there, boy. Huge sack by Joey Bosa. 90-yard touchdown. 90-yard touchdown. That's going to be picked off at the 8-yard line by Derwin James. Herbert sets his feet, takes a shot downfield, has Knighton. Caught! Touchdown, Chargers! That's the greatest throw I've ever seen. It is a great day to be a Chargers fan. Welcome to the Thunder Down Under Chargers podcast. A space where beers flow, laughs are had, and mates talk Chargers football. It is I, Andy Prophet, your convener-in-chief here, and joining me today, <laughs> the Honourable Lord Potty Mouth, Alistair Lloyd. Great to have you with me, good man. I hope Fantastic you've tucked that loose tongue uh, somewhat back in your mouth after that Chiefs out- outburst last week. How are things with you? Things are going pretty well, yep. I've got to be on my best behaviour uh, this this episode. Um We've been given the explicit warning tab, a good workout on our episodes. That's okay, as Jack would say. We don't have our dear friend with us for this particular episode, but I'm sure you can explain to all our listeners uh, why, why it's just the two of us. Just the two of us, Andy. <laughs> yeah, you will, of course, know uh, notice already if you're watching on YouTube and you'll, you'll sure work it out uh, soon enough. If you're listening, uh, we are without our third musketeer, Dear Jack is engaged with a work conference and is unable to join us this week, unfortunately. I believe the topic of professional development is something along the lines of concussions in the classroom. So I hope Jack takes a fair bit away from that. And uh, we look forward to having the big man back with us soon. Um, I think I think last week I blew our trumpet a little bit uh, on the worldwide fan love and seemingly forgot our fellow Aussies. So guys, um, thanks for all your support uh, from the, the homeland, if you will. Cheers, another Vic Bitter, the, the best best beer. Um, it's much appreciated. All right, into the good stuff. Al, Derwin James is locked in. Run us through the extension. It's done. And uh, during our intro, I was just paying a bit of extra attention to the pickoff of Derek Carr. I was getting me a bit excited. Finally, uh, the worst kept secret in football is out. The, uh, the charges have finally agreed to official terms. Although it seems like the overall numbers were agreed a long time ago, there might have been some last-minute negotiating around language, around injuries, that kind of thing. The full breakdown's not yet available, but the big picture numbers are: it's a four-year deal worth seventy-six and a half million dollars, forty-two million of those guaranteed. So it takes him uh, to be the highest ever-paid safety in the history of the NFL. Highest amount guaranteed, and his average annual salary sits at nineteen million dollars per year. So he's just broken all of the records, which is the goal whenever you're the next person up to sign one of these deals. And then people like Jesse Bates are sitting there licking their fingers, I think, that uh, Derwin's just reset the safety market, Andy. Yeah, well, I mean, it's it's really fair to say that he's earned every penny of it. Um, and it's just fantastic news. You see in all the little the clips and stuff on the socials of even Coach Staley, the first sort of interaction when Derwin came in, you thought he was going to cry. He was... oh. I was almost going to cry. It was, um, it was tear-jerking stuff. There's just so much love for this guy in the building and around the league as well. I saw an interaction between C.D. Lamb and Derwin James and just nothing but um, admiration from you know his, his peers in the league. Um, so it's just fantastic. It's so good. It's, it means so much to the team to have Derwin back out on the field. Um, and I can't, can't wait to see the number three flashing around. Um, Absolutely. 
yeah, as, as soon as next week, um, he's ready to go. So um, with that in the bag, Los Angeles Rams 29, Los Angeles Chargers 22. Week one of the preseason is in the books. And so far, Stadium had held host to the two tenants of the building. I guess you'd say the landlords won this outing. Um, (laughs) The two two of us are going to take a look at the various position groups and run through um, the performances across the board before we sort of take a look around the league and at other games from the weekend just past and our week two opponent and training camp buddies, the Dallas Cowboys. So I'll get the ball rolling on offense uh, with the quarterback. Andy, just before we just before we do, do you reckon uh, while Jack's on his seminar around concussions in the classroom, he's wearing one of those new mushroom helmets that, that's being <laughs> tried out around the league, just an extra, extra preventative measure? Uh, yeah, well, if work showed, if WorkSafe showed up, God knows how much trouble they'd be in without the the, mo- <laughs> the mushroom helmets. Anyway, sorry Very to derail good. us. On, on to the Rams. Let's. Uh, yeah. Where are we going to start with Andy? You're going to take us through the, this uh, quarterback battle. Well, yeah, maybe we'll we'll just look at the the charges here. Um, so yeah, in the quarterback group, obviously Chase Daniel and Easton Stick um, uh, split the snaps. I got to say, um, my my sort of first note before I, I'll pass to you, mate, is I'm just not instilled with a huge sway of confidence. If anything were happen were to happen to Justin Herbert, touch wood. Um, Easton Stick at times almost looked sort of more in control and than than Chase Daniel did, and that's a bit scary for me. What do you What do yep. you think? What What do you take from this group? Yeah, I, I agree, a hundred percent. It was probably on the one hand, it might have been Easton Stick's best outing that we've seen in terms of a full game. I thought, uh, I, like you, I, I'm not convinced that if Herbert was out for a few games, that we could get over. You know, we could win games with him out. We've expressed that view before. Uh, I think usually what the Chargers do is they allow them to swap um, between the first and second game. So uh, even though Chase Daniels started this game, next week Easton Stick will start. Uh, what did you take from Chase Daniels specifically, Andy, for that first half? Um, well, uh, I think the biggest thing for me, and it's actually a comparison of the two, is um, the sort of... The turnover-worthy plays that I think uh, you can you can throw shade at. Um, well, actually, Chase Daniel, because yep. whilst Eastern Stick missed a couple of throws, there wasn't any really a receiver in... Uh, sorry, a d- defensive back within Cooey. So, yep. um, yeah, Chase Daniel sailed a few to Josh, Josh Palmer, um, who was in tight coverage as well, and mm. threw one behind as, as well. So, yeah, just the, the lack of care, I think, okay, is... Um, is my knock on Chase Daniel for the first Yeah, and I, and I think this is a, a really good illustrative example of why box score watching is the wrong way to go about it. Because if, if you look at Chase Daniel, Daniel, he's had 11 of 17, 117 yards, two touchdowns, one rush for 22 yards. He's lucky not to have thrown two pick sixes. Those mm. were two balls yep. thrown behind the receiver. He easily could have gone the ha- to the house the other way. The one deep throw he did make was a blown coverage and good on him for seeing Joe Reed streaming down the field, but he also somewhat overthrew that. Mm. Uh, sorry, underthrew that. Yes. Um, yep. So yeah, look, he had, a, he had a couple of nice splash plays. There was that kind of nice completion on third and four to Guyton when he had a defender draped over him. So he made a couple of plays, but I thought that the box score was a little misleading for Chase Daniel. And then when he came off, in came Easton Stick for the second half. And what did you make of Easton Stick's performance? Well, I'll actually just cover myself before I get lashed 
Um, because if you do look at the box score for what I, for my point about the turnover where he plays, because if you do look at the box mm. score and that's a big point that I've, I've got is Easton stick through an interception, but that's a bobbled catch to a receiver who, you know, shouldn't have really bobbled that. Um, yeah, I thought I, yeah, I agree with you. I thought Easton stick looked sort of calm under pressure. Uh, he knew when to use his legs. Um, wasn't just sort of going through one read and burning out. You could sort of watch him progress. And I, uh, funnily enough, uh, it, it could just be me, but I think since Justin Herbert's been in the building, Easton Stick's sort of now learning behind him. And I think there's some aspects of the way that Herbert prepares, perhaps, the way he carries himself that's sort of starting to rub out on um, Easton Stick. And, you know, it's it's good. It, it, like like you said, I think that was his probably his, his best outing in the few that we've we've seen in in Chargers colours. Yeah, absolutely. And he gave a nice press conference on Chargers Weekly last week and spoke to the work that he's put in with Justin Herbert. The two seem mm. to have quite a tight bond, which might explain why he still is on the roster and seemingly will remain on the roster. I'll just quickly read out my notes for him on the rewatch, and I won't do this for other players. But for Stick, I wrote: showed good awareness of pass rush, feel for the pocket. Scrambled or stepped up into the pocket when he needed to. Shoulder shrugs to manipulate the defense. Still a few instances where his inaccuracy as a passer showed up, but overall he was able to march the ball down the field. Good decision-making. Example, keeping RPO for the fourth quarter rushing touchdown he scored. Mm. Generally well-negotiated two-minute drill to end the game. Somewhat unlucky interception to finish it, but again, the throw was slightly behind. Slightly behind Bandy. Bandy. It was, yeah. So that's my summary. And look, the yards per attempt are low, but, you know, progress and development. And he's still in this competition. If it is one, He, I thought he played better than Chase Daniel in week one. Yeah. Yeah. I don't, I've, I've got a similar sort of similar sort of thing, mate. You've, you've, you've nicked me notes. But um, I maybe maybe Lombardi called a sort of um, a safer kind of game plan. I think there was a fair bit of focus on the offensive line and the running backs in this uh, outing. But yeah, unless there's anything else, I'll take it away on the running backs. I will. And and a nice segue too, a natural one, because one of the takeaways of this game was that it was palpably clear that the uh, the Chargers coaches didn't care about the result in this one. They, they mm. were going to call plays to give our running backs a good chance to show their wares. And the first name I'll mention was Isaiah Spiller who had 10 carries for 34 yards, one catch for 10. And I thought it was a good all-round debut performance. He um, he caught the ball naturally. Uh, even when it was thrown slightly behind him by stick, he kind of twisted his body. And uh, he showed nice feel and vision when he was running the ball, which was good. Uh, there was one play, I think, as a third and two, where he showed some play strength and pushed the pile to get a first down. So mm-hmm. I thought there was lots to work with. Although, again, you could see on a couple of runs that lack of burst that we talked about during the, the, the pre-draft process. So I can't necessarily see him being some home run hitter, but he probably doesn't need to be, right? Um, and it won't matter if he can do a little bit of everything because I thought he looked like he's a volume kind of guy. You give yep. it to him, he can do a bit of everything and pass protect, which we didn't see a lot of. So initially, impressive start for the rookie. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I, I like the way that he just he took you know four rushes in a row and just kept going, kept striving for extra yards. Like the the fight for that RB two spot is on, and it's 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 cool. It's really fun. Um, I've mentioned Josh Kelly previously about being one of those guys who showed up to 
um, camp looking like a or feeling like a different guy. And it's easy to say that, but when you you see him perform, um, look, he didn't do too much on the ground, but the way that he was used in the even even still in those sort of short yardage, I think he had five point three on three uh, yards per attempt on three attempts. Um, he still fought for the extra yards and just looked like he had a bit more burst. The way that he protects the football as well, it yep. helps me sleep at night to a, a far greater, <laughs> greater extent. And he was great in the in the um, in the passing game as well. Uh, I think there was a yeah. third and six, and he you know really left leapt out to get the uh, the first down. So good, good from both of them. Um, Larry Roundtree a bit unfortunate, I think. Um, yeah, with Roundtree, again, he, yeah, he didn't get too much, but he didn't do anything to improve his mm. stock, put it that way. Yeah. Harsh, not going to write him out, but if there's someone who's drifting behind, he's now falling into that RB4 if I was the coaching staff. Kelly came out hot to start the game. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I, I tend to agree with you on that sort of ranking. And, mm. I mean, Letty Brown had a run that the, the line got sort of blown up and it was a bit of a loss, but he looked all right. In my the my man, Letty Brown with the one, yeah. one carry for minus two, but you're like, you, you're right. He never had a chance. Um, and, and I, I just spoke over you about to speak about his, his, um, catching. Oh, he looked, yeah, I was just going to say they used him and he looked good in the passing game. So there's, yeah. there looks like a lot of, um, dual threats in our running back group in terms of the pass catch ability and the way we want to use it. I also quick shout out to Xander Horvath. I was going to say, where was your man? Um, yeah, well, I thought still... I'd, you know, I thought I'd go the the the, the halfbacks into the fullbacks. Um, oh, look, he looked looked good. He's going to be. He looks like a solid prospect on short yardage situations. Really, just juggernaut that one across the um the line to gain. Um, that was the fourth down, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. Um, look, fourth and one. But I mean, God, we've you got we've it. Seen far too many of those not uh, not achieved. Yep. Um, yeah. Look, the interesting. The battle continues. I think they're they're keen to use him in special teams. His pass blocking was really good, um, pretty successful outing. And Gabe Neighbors had a, had a bit of a quiet one, but they they sort of know what they're getting with him. So overall, um, good day for the running backs. I thought they yeah. it it looked like the room was slightly deeper than last year. Yeah, feel a lot better about everything below Austin Eckler now than I than I did. Yep. All right, with the wide receivers. So no Williams or Keenan. Um, no real targets even going DeAndre Carter's way over his 10 snaps. Palmer looked a bit out of sorts. Um, they're the sort of top guys that no one that didn't really do anything. Um, Guyton Quiet. I want to know what you think of uh, the next couple of guys, in particular one that's sort of missed last year, um, Joe Reed. What did you take from his game? I thought... Nice for Joe Reed to have a moment on, you know, national television in a game by catching something deep. Yep. It, like, it was a blind coverage, but he he got he used his speed to get deep. And he had two catches I noticed where, and this is always a big tick for a receiver, he caught it in front of him in his hands. I could yep. almost hear Jamie Hoyle saying that as well, because I know it's always been a big thing for Jamie. You don't want to see them chest catching the ball if they don't need to. And even though he was open, he still decided to take it out in perfect position. My suspicion is he's the type of guy who gets a bit of yardage and game time in these games, and then they just cut him at the end. Mm. Unless, I know that sounds harsh, he's off to a good start with the 61 yards, but he will need to do something really impressive to win a roster spot. Yeah, uh, I think I think you're right. He, he showed a little in the return game, but I tend to agree with you. 
Michael Bandy was probably the other other guy that sort of made a claim for any cause for a potential wide receiver six spot. But oh yeah, uh, who knows? It's it's interesting that the, the Guyton seat is heating up big time. He's not a he's not a walk on wide receiver four or five. Uh, yeah. So, well, Bandy was Bandy yeah. was seven catches, seventy three yards. That whip route. Oh, very he, nice. He put the Rams corner back in a blender. That Ooh, was sure. beautiful to watch. If you watch him, he's slightly haphazard in his route running, and I think that actually disadvantaged him a couple of times. There was yeah. one where he made it harder for himself on Eastern Stick because I think Stick thought he was going one way and he didn't. Um, yeah. And, yeah, kind of forced himself to make it a difficult catch. There are at least also a couple of instances where his hands might have been a bit cleaner, but I've almost got the voice of oh. our friend... Oh, the, uh, the, the, the pick. Yeah. The example of that. Yeah, which is ultimately coming short in, in the moment that really matters. But still, good game for Bandy. And I can almost hear the words and the voice of Jack in our ears saying, you know, that's a bit of Danny Woodhead about him, you know, after catch. And I reckon Jack would love this man. And extra points for the uh, pornographic pool cleaner moustache that um, that Michael was, yeah. was donning <laughs> during the day. I've come to clean the pool. The cabana boy. Yeah. Very good. Ah, <laughs> oh, look. I mean, it, the, like I said, with the quarter, like the play calling seemed relatively tame. It wasn't much in the deep game. Just a good recognition of a yeah blown coverage, and enough speed on Reed to get it up. But um, just look, on Palmer yeah. before we stop, Pro- mm. Andy, he was targeted four times for zero catches. And when you go and rewatch it, every, it's almost like every single ball was in the wrong place. Yeah, it was behind him, behind him, then over his head, and then behind him again. And yep. it's just that lack of, you know, connection between the quarterback who probably doesn't throw to him that often. Um, yeah. you know, not just not quite on the same page. So I'm not concerned about Palmer, and I'm sure we'll talk about him later on. That he um, he's doing well at practices and training camp. Yeah, for sure. I saw a great great toddy on the the Cowboys today. So yeah, you're right. They like a, a lot of balls sailed over him, behind him. What can you do? It's just not his day. Tight ends, mate. Tight ends, a very underwhelming group that took the field for this game because uh, Gerald Everett not playing, Donald Parham out, injured, and Trey McKitty also with a soft tissue injury. So we had the likes of uh, Hunter Camp, Moya, Eric, Croman Hoke, and also uh, Sage Surratt. And not to be confused with Stone Smart, the guy who I was saying <laughs> might be a smoky to make the team who subsequently injured himself. Now we've got Sage Surratt, who had two catches for 14 yards, and I thought he moved quite nicely after the catch. Uh, yep. A bit, a little undersized, but I actually thought he was so good, I decided to uh, write a little song about him. <laughs> when I was just a little boy, I asked my father, what will I be? Will I catch footballs? Will I lay blocks? Here's what he said to me. Sage Serrat, Serrat, whatever will be, will be. Your future's right now, you see. Don't get cut, Serrat. When I grew up and joined LA, I asked Coach Staley, what lies ahead? Will I catch touchdowns day after day? Here's what Coach Staley said. Sage, Sage Surratt, 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 
Whatever, Whatever will be, will be. Your future's it's right it's now, right. you see. Don't get cut, Surat. Surat. <laughs> okay, that's mate. all I... Yeah, that's about it for the tight ends. Um, <laughs> might have to throw that out to Sage. I'm sure that's probably the first time any absolute moron has done that for him. But, but there... Fanmail <laughs> via a podcast, that's, a, that's an all-timer. Um, yeah, there are, I had nothing spectacular on... The um the tight end group, um probably more credit from you about Surat than me, um, but lovely song. The vocal lessons are doing you wonders. Okay. Um, <laughs> Just quickly for to to bring it back to uh, bring it back to earth after that. The the reality is if we're going to carry a fourth tight end, it looks like it might actually be Hunter Camp Moyer. Uh, it's clear he he's getting those looks when we're running the ball, maybe more of an accomplished run blocker. But, you know, there's an open battle there. If the team wants to carry a fourth, we'll be watching those three tight ends for the rest of the preseason. Yeah, fair enough. Uh, so next week, or when that gets announced, are we going to get versus three or four about how he did get cut? Yes. We might I'll, need sing to re- along, I'll, I'll sing along full gusto to that. <laughs> we might need to revisit the song, see how it ends. Um, I'm a bit concerned, but hopefully that inspires him to, you know, pump pump the Cowboys on the weekend. Yeah, nice. All right, the offensive line. Pretty happy with the offensive line across the ball. Uh, I think my biggest point is how gobsmacked I was when I opened up PFF following the game and saw oh. Zion Johnson's grade. 12th out of 12 overall uh, offensive linemen in pass protection. 25th of 25 run blockers on the team. Well, I don't know what game you were watching, but he looked pretty okay to me. Not watching what they, this like... game. Don't understand. I don't understand. And when you when you look at that and use a lot of those grades for, to not necessarily craft your own belief, because you believe with what you see, things round out your opinion, like stats, mm. things that you don't have time to do. But when you see stuff like that, you go, what's the point? We've just got to watch everything. Can't believe what you read. Anyway, yep. I thought Zion Johnson had a great game. He was really good in uh, pass protection. Did lose one on the inside, um, yep. a nice little swim move, and there was another one uh, that I I saw. I watched three times. I made yep. my partner watch it three times. That looked like a face mask. <laughs> I said, "That's a face mask," and she's going, "I don't know what you're talking about." Um, she needs to listen to the show a little bit more, I think. But look, overall, a good day from Zion Johnson. So very exciting. Yep. Al, I know you're pumped up about another rookie offensive lineman. So yeah, I am. I'll, I'll move to him in a second. But I mean, I, I'm like you. I, I counted Zion lose those two reps. Yep. He, how many did he have? Twelve or something? I don't have the number to hand. But yeah, everything else he, he he did his job, and including creating some running lanes on when he was on the move. So there was a screen mm. pass to Josh Kelly where he he did his job. So yep. to grade him in the twenties is just ludicrous. He, yes, in pass protection, there were a couple of snaps where he got somewhat beat, uh, but they weren't clear beats and neither caused no. harm. So, fine, fine debut, but I thought Jamari Solia looked, honestly, even better. The, the fact that this guy was landed in the sixth round is, I think he could be one of the steals of the NFL draft. He, he looked so comfortable like maybe he had one bad rep that I saw, but whether it be pass protection or run blocking, he he has really good awareness. He knows exactly who's coming where. He looks for work if he needs to block multiple defenders. 
and he's just such a solid, likely type for a guard. Yeah. He has the physical stature to come in and contribute straight away. So all of a sudden, if we are to, if we have an injury at one of those two guard spots, I would be comfortable letting him come in and take some reps. I think he'd do, do a fine job. So big tick for the first time we've seen Jamora Solia in a game. Yeah, completely agree with you. I also really liked to liked what I saw out of Brendan Jaimez as well. Yeah, me um, too. So that second kind of backup guard spot is is very uh, very good to have. Um, I think on the outside of the line, oh, just quickly on the centre, Will Clapp gave up a shocking sack. Bad one. Deep in our territory as well. Um, a bit of neither here nor there about Ryan Hunter or. Him either. Um, he, he got blown off the ball a lot. He looked like he yeah. was a, a step below. Hymas, I thought, was overall good, but you can see that he had a few tough reps in pass pro, where I think because of his extra height, he struggles a little bit against power. If you can get leverage on him, there were a couple where he just looked like back. he was less sturdy. But yeah. out in space on the run, I like the look of him. Yeah, he does tend to go upright a bit when you do get that leverage on him and he just sort of can't. He can't get any pushback. Um, uh, yeah, Storm Norton, I think, for mine, won the won the right tackle battle. He did. Uh, he started. Yes, he did. Uh, or did Pipkin start? I think Pipkin started, I think but they Pipkin swapped. Started. They moved around. They interchanged. Yeah. So, look, yeah. Um, I, Pipkins was getting beat by speed around the edge, gave up a hurry. N- Norton was tidy in pass protection. Um, so, you know, one little, one little edge there. Yep. Agreed. Um, anything else from any of the other backup guys? There's a bit of, no, that's all I've got for the offensive line, but look, a bigger picture, the depth for the offensive line to me is the best Mm. it's been in years. Yep. The fact that there are, there are two, two, two players who I would be happy taking the field even in, in a pinch, one of those two right tackles, whoever loses the job is yep. an okay backup, someone who's yep. played plenty in the league. Yep. And Solia and Heimers are both people who are continuing to develop and show show some good attributes. So team has drafted well, and it looks like they're developing the talent well. So big tick to the new offensive line coach, Brandon Nugent, the first time we've seen his line in action. One of the highlights of the game. Yep, big tick for me as well. Yep. The O-line and the running game, really. Um Look, it wasn't anything super splashy, no big, huge plays, but looked good. And with a sort of new young O-line in there, the backup guys, uh, I think they did a pretty good job. So big ticks from me on those two and wasn't really looking for too much anywhere else. So let's roll into the defense. Um, Edge rushers, Al. Edge rushers. And I think we're we're about to talk about who for mine was the best player of the game. Uh, or if not very close. And that's uh, second-year player, uh, pass rusher Chris Rumpf, mm. who looks stronger this year. He looks more confident. His technique looks sound. Uh, on his sack, his hands were active. He was kind of a double effort, where first he pushed both hands into the chest of the offensive lineman, and then he's done an arm over move and got around him. He almost had a second clean-up sack a bit later on, but um, Bryce Perkins just escaped his grasp. And there was also a nice stack and shed for a tackle in um, run defense as well. So good tackle for loss there. Looks like a different player, Andy. What did you think? Yeah, I completely agree. He's got a big 
couple of exclamation marks uh, next to his name because he was he was my star today. Um, Jamal Davis flashed at times. Yep. Um, Egg Boule was busy, but seven hurries was sort of counteracted by the fact that he was just missing tackles left, right, and yeah. center. Just this is another one. Again, listeners, we, we refer to PFF, but I looked at PFF and saw seven pressures, and I thought Egg Boule did not have seven true pressures. And re-watching multiple times, we re- re-watched the game between two and three times. To your point, I mean, he fared okay, but he missed chances to make plays. Mm-hmm. He was thereabouts. But overall, I'd be watching that tape and saying, yeah, this guy's probably not an NFL player and he might not yeah. make the roster. Whereas if you just look at the you know, seven pressures, that's what an incredible performance, seven pressures in a preseason game. Mm-hmm. Uh, yes, anyway. Won't keep on yeah, look, he, off you, the you definitely head. noticed him on the. You definitely noticed him on the field, but um, to, as the game, as his snaps sort of went on, he started just to miss tackles, and yeah. there was one that he just let uh, Perkins escape, uh, which would have been brought up fourth down. And no, I've lost no, count um, how many times that happened in that game, mate. Oh, god! <laughs> if, honestly, the way the funny thing is, the way that the offense was was. Um, was run, which was so run heavy because of, you know, essentially what we were wanting to do. Uh, it might not have actually been run heavy. It just felt run heavy. It's so similar to how angry we used to get watching Anthony Lynn and his offense operate, run, run, pass, that kind of dross. But we were, we were okay with it. But now we're watching 24 total pressures from this defense across the board, not just the edge rushes, two sacks. So and nine missed tackles. We're just not finishing the job off, and it's a, just a little bit frustrating. We're just allowing them to extend drives, um, and I know it's the backups and fingers crossed things are different when the season proper comes along and our, our first first teamers are out there. But yeah, but there's a um, spot to be had here between for sure between Egbule, Jamal Davis, and Carlo Kemp. Mm. I, I I think I'm a bit like you, where there was something about Jamal Davis where I thought there's some potential there. He showed athletic ability. Good get off. I did think he played a little bit under out of um, out of control. Mm. So yeah. he might have got home for a sack if he if if he hadn't been held on one play, which was a bit unfortunate. But you know he kept showing up. You could see he was almost getting home, and I'm quite interested to see how he goes in this next game against the Cowboys. Yep. Uh, I, my main point on the edge rushes was just a lack of containment. Yeah. Um, all right, moving inside to the defensive line. Morgan Fox, the standout. Um, just real busy over his 12 snaps. He had, a, I think he had a 75% win rate on his true pass rush sets. Um, I've actually got a song about Morgan Fox. No, I don't. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, he, uh, looked, he looked awesome. Morgan yeah. Fox looked very good. Yeah, how's the, how's the plus of sort of knowing what, what defense you, you're operating in? Um, Seriously, he looked dangerous. Good. Almost Fehoko. got home on rump sack. Yeah. Yep. Uh, Fehoko was loving his old man dancing on the Jumbotron, and he also had a pretty good game in run defense. What do you reckon? Uh, any Anyone that you ticked, your, that you ticked boxes for or, or, or crossed them out? A quick mention of Tito Obonia in his first action, who had a reasonable start for the rookie, I thought. He looks mm. bigger and stronger than I was expecting for a first-year rookie. He's a big boy. Mm. And he he was showing up. You could see that 93 on the screen. Yeah, you could see him participating and being involved. The other defensive tackles weren't 
Yeah, it wasn't flashy. I don't think anyone really separated themselves for that fourth or fifth defensive tackle spot. But I want to get to a key point I was going to mention, which is Jerry Tillery, you need to really look out. You are you might lose your spot, bud. He was getting blown off the ball with ease. He mm. was terrible. Yep. Terrible. Stinker. Absolute stinker from Tillery. Real... I've got a bit of a soft spot for Tillery. I mean, I, I, I'm frustrated about him, but I do see potential as a third down designated pass rusher. That's all he can be at this point. But Morgan Fox looks like he's that guy, and he started yeah. off with three pressures. Yeah. So, Tillery, Tillery, you can, you've now shown from one game against backups, you cannot be on the field on first and second down. If they yeah. run the ball, he's flying five yards off the line. Yeah. So... If he's going to fight for a team, it's going to be in a limited role. He's going to be the sixth defensive tackle, and he might have lost his job. Yep, I think that's absolutely fair enough. The line gave up 109 yards on the ground from 35 attempts and two TDs to cap off that position group. Okay. Linebackers, what did you see, Al? Yeah, not a lot, to be honest. Uh, the the standout of them was Troy Reader for mine. Um, Agreed. You know, he, he made one particular play... Uh, with the TFL on a third and one. Now, unfortunately, the Rams converted on the fourth down, but that's what you w- want to see. Mm. Uh, I, we didn't get a chance to discuss this last time around, but he, the press conference he had during the week was, again, one of the m- more impressive press conferences of the off-season. If you haven't listened already, listeners, do yourselves a favour because he brings all the veteran leadership and experience that you would want out of a fourth or fifth linebacker on your death chart. He's won a Super Bowl. He is keen to play special teams and he knows that's what the team expects of him. He's bought into that role and he can make the occasional splash play. Don't forget, he got mm. the pressure on Kyler Murray when he threw the pick six in the playoffs last season. I think he's a sneaky, nice addition to the linebacker room for all of the reasons I've just stated. Big time. Yeah, I think he had the green dot when he was on the field. Um, <clears throat> yeah, uh, very, very solid. Damon Lloyd made a couple of plays. Yep. I think he had three stops. Um, and Tyreek Maddox-Williams, I saw he graded well in run defense, but sort of struggled a bit when he dropped into coverage. So Yeah, the pass interference call when he got caught out trying to cover a receiver down the field. That's probably a scheme fail, if anything, but... Mm. Unfortunately, that's all you tend to remember when you look at it on the screen. You say, what? Who's that 50-whatever linebacker flag? And, you know, all the best yeah. to him in the next game. Well, speaking of struggling in coverage, oh, in man. the cornerback rooms, boy, oh boy, it breaks my heart to say it was just a day to forget for Dean Leonard. Um, he had a perfect passer rating when thrown to him, gave up a touchdown when he failed to just turn and face the ball. And as the commentator bla- blatantly said if he had got his body around that's an interception um big pi penalty for a similar offense and even getting flagged for kick catcher interference which i don't uh, oh i guess you have seen that but it's pretty uncommon it's just maybe maybe andy big light just got to him i think the big the big stage just he pooped him he pooped his pants if you on the rewatch, he almost did it again in the fourth yes. quarter with four minutes thirty six remaining. Maybe it's because J.K. Scott's hang time is so utterly ridiculous mm. that he's thinking the ball's going to land. But in the same game, he's had multiple flags on defense, a kick catch interference, and then almost a second one. He was just a bit too raring to go in that one. I think 
I'll yeah. say one positive thing for him. He was his coverage itself seemed generally good. He mm. was often in the pocket of the receiver. Just like you said, Andy, he wasn't getting his head around, which look, it's the critical part of being a corner, so yeah. let's yeah, let's not go overboard. But it would be another thing if, you know, receivers are just catching it on him and he's nowhere near the receiver. He was right there. He just got panicky right at the end. So I'm I'm gonna say, you know, this one's a wash. Rookie, first time, he would have been very nervous. A few big errors. Let's see how he responds in the next game. Absolutely. Couldn't agree with you more. I think he, he just needs to put this one behind him and build on the good foundations that he's started to set it for himself in training camp to this point. Yep. Um, we saw Kimon Hall and Jasir Taylor share the snaps in the slot. Um, not bad from Jasir Taylor, from what I saw. Yep. Uh, nothing too too flashy. And then the, the main corner or the starting corner duty shared by Asante and Davis. And then Brandon, Sebastian, and the aforementioned Dean Leonard. Not- noticeable difference between the yep. first and second halves in terms of the guys on the field. That's probably understandable. But, yeah, there's good and bad out of the, the starting duo. Uh, who do you want to take? Do you want to talk Asante or do you want to talk Michael Davis? Uh, I'll take Asante. I'll leave Michael cool. Davis for you. Uh, Asante was given snaps for a reason. I think Staley had said during the week that they want to see him get his legs under him after missing so much time last year. And other than the plays that you don't really see because the ball's not being thrown in his direction and therefore coverage is sticky, more of the same issues that plagued him a bit as a rookie when the ball's thrown deep, he's still struggling to get his head around and he gets grabby at the catch point. Did it again on a deep completion. And I also thought that he made a business decision in run support. There was one play where he could have stuck his nose in and whether that is the remnants or side effect of concussions or just it's the preseason, I would have liked personally to have seen more from Asante Samuel. And during the, during, I'm sorry, after the game and recently today, Staley's essentially confirmed that we have a battle at that position again. And, And why is that Andy? Oh, well, because it's, it was so warming to see a rejuvenated Michael Davis playing the kind of football that he was playing sort of two years ago. He, he's, he's stepped up and he's just doing whatever is asked. He didn't have too much of a variance on where he was positioned. He played, I think, one in the box, three in the slot, and the rest uh, at, the corner, at the corner rolls. But he was just everywhere, um, getting balls in for PBUs, um, helping out in the run game. And it, look, it's really strong of him as, as a person. The listeners, I don't know, he, he came out recently and was talking about injuries and off-field, um, you know, sort of ba- uh, bad things in his life, really. Um, personal hardships he's experienced and was going through last year. And he, he went into a lot of detail. He didn't need to divulge that kind of deep personal information. But it, it's a great show of his character to say, I had these problems and it did affect my play and I'll own that. But... I've done everything I can to grow as a human being and get them out in order to let football be my priority. And I'll, I'll, I'll go back to, to what I'm doing. And, hey, you know, he's taking every opportunity like he did in week one to, to walk the walk on that. So it's, it's really good to see. And I'm, I'm, oh, the more competitions, the better. Great news uh, for the I, team. Yeah, If fantastic. he can step up and play like a $9 million per year cornerback, cornerback two. Yeah. Awesome. Fantastic, isn't it? Yep. 
Um, anyway, he was one of the only performers. I mean, all the other corners allowed Lance McCutcheon to look like Megatron. Oh, seriously. So, um, yeah, there are a few guys there who really st- struggled in that second half, not naming names, yeah. but you know who you are. No, 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 no. Name the names because he lashed with the bloody, no, uh, uh, you mm. didn't catch that. Next play, McCutcheon touchdown. Yeah, his name's Brandon Sebastian. He also, also had a PI flag on JT Woods' interception. He took the interception off the board, yeah. And, and he they was cut also Skyler trailing Thomas the receiver. this week. Just, God. Yeah, yeah, Golly. Yeah, yeah. That was one where I was thinking, oh, that guy's going to be told, don't come to training on Monday. Don't bother yeah. rocking up. But, you know, he's got another opportunity. Not a, not a great start. Yeah. All right, well, heart rate's just blown up over the quarterback room, so... Al, take away the safeties, please. We can keep this short because they digged one half of Sweet FA in this one. <laughs> um, barely noticed in the game. The Rams did not test the centre of the field very much. Adderley played quite a, a few snaps early, but um, he was barely in the screen. He was, you know, park the bus, uh, deep safety kind of stuff. I've got to call it how I see it. The, the only guy who really stood out to me was Ben DeLuca who had three tackles, and I've never much rated him. But on a couple of occasions, he came flying in like he'd been shot out of a cannon. And I thought, okay, right, this guy's really fighting, fighting hard for his roster spot. Uh, I'm sure people don't want me to spend too much longer on Ben DeLuca, but that, that was what stood out to me. Perhaps people will be more interested in how our third-round pick fared. What did you make of JT Woods, Andy, in his first outing wearing the powder blues? Uh, relatively underwhelming. Um, he went hard at a few, um, few players. He ended up taking out Leonard on that, um, uh, TD that Dean Leonard ended up giving up. He just completely cannoned into him. Jaleel Adai style. style. Um, and yeah, look, unfortunate that he couldn't get that, um, that pick, uh, because of the PI call. Uh, cause that's, that's sort of, you know, he led the, the, the Big Twelve in ints, I believe, last year, and um, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. It, it was a bit of everything they spoke about during the draft process, right? Mm. Plays a little bit out yeah. of control, takes some poor angles, but has the athletic traits and showed them off. Even though it was a pretty easy interception, it was, um, yeah, something to build upon. I've yeah. seen some people going hard at him though. You know how how worried they are. Let's just calm down on that. It was. Relatively limited action and, you know, first time playing. So that's the thing about the first week when football's back is people like us take to shows to speak anything that we can about football and the people on the internet, on their keyboards, say anything they can to complain about football. So you get one game of sample space and you get people blowing up about God knows what. Just give the kids some time, relax. Uh, Skylar Thomas's hit stick on Perkins was my safety highlight for the day. I was, like I said, and he's I, gone. I, yeah, he's gone. What the hell? Yeah, that was a good oh. hit. Um, Aloe Gilman got himself in the right positions, but didn't register on the stat sheet. So, um, not a lot there. Man. Missed tackles again. Yeah. Uh, so, oh, look on overall defensive observations. That's the obvious one. Missed tackles with yeah. all these, you know. Obonia, yep. Egbule, Rump, Fayoko, they all missed one at different periods of time. Yep. I thought we were as vanilla as any kind of vanilla ice cream in terms of how we ran our defensive fronts. It was yep. mostly 4-3, which we don't run a lot of, yep. and limit, very limited twists and stunts. 
one blitz, I think, right at the end from Ronaldo Hill when they needed to get the ball back to win the game. Yeah. Uh, otherwise, there was nothing really like that. So I'm okay with know. that. I'm yeah. okay with that. Yep. We've got a lot, of, the... uh, lot of fun tricks up our, up the Chargers' sleeve this, this year on defensive mm. fronts. So vanilla as you like. Special teams, it's nice to mention that, once again, uh, our punter can kick the ball. J.K. JK Scott has a monster leg. I think a hang time average of 4.87 seconds over four punts. It's relieving. He looks so effortless. What is he, 6'8", and just swings that thing through like a maxi golf driver. There's an extended shaft, and it just woof. Um, so that's very fun. Underrated, by, but great play. Play a bit of golf, do you? Oh, have been, have been have been known to. More golf than you play basketball, mate. That's for sure. <laughs> I'm leaving that alone. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, you got warned this week. Um, uh, any other special team stuff from you? I know you made comments about one guy in particular this week. Uh, not really. You might need to jog, jog my memory. I thought at least Hopkins kicked his extra point. But Scott's the main... The main uh, standout. How different will our special teams um, coverage look and our ability to stop returners if you get that kind of hang time? Ty Long struggled with that big time last season. Mm. And these little improvements around the margins are what could catapult you from narrowly missing playoffs to in the playoffs to featuring deep in the playoffs. It's just perfecting. It's a game of inches. It's really perfecting those margin marginary factors. Yeah. Uh, Josh Harris was good at long snapper. I believe yes. you you were waxing waxing lyrical about him. <laughs> I was what? Wax waxing lyrical about him. I was waxing what? He was um yeah he he yep I'm not I'm, I don't know what I'm looking at other than the look it looks like the snaps went to the intended target they weren't along the ground so big tick for the all <laughs> Uh Any overall game observations that you want to make, Andy? Um, before we move on to our uh, you know next segment, uh, I think. I think you touched on it nicely when you spoke about the vanilla aspect of the front. I think our overall offense and defense was pretty vanilla. It was just sort of letting the guys play ball um, and seeing what they can do um, to a degree. Yep. Uh, there wasn't anything too exciting. Or oh, Look, I was, I'm stoked to see the depth in the O-line. That's a big takeaway from me. Good to see a bit of development coming through in those uh, second and third year um, guys like Rumpf, Kelly. Yep. Yep. Um, no injuries yeah, is always good. Yes. No injuries is, is always very good. Um, and the missed tackles just shits. Missed tackles and defensive penalties just shits me to tears. Oh man, the penalties. They're my more flags than the opening ceremony of the Olympic Games. It was every <laughs> friggin' play. There was like, what, how many was there? How, how many? I Ten almost? Yeah. And there was one on offense. Maybe one on special, te- one or two on special teams. Uh, some of our special teams tackling was pretty good. Cole Christensen yep. lit one up. Yep, saw um, that one. Yeah. One theme I want to quickly mention is, and something I want to see improved, is on offense we converted nine of 15 third downs. Excellent, almost two thirds. Mm-hmm. That would be league high. On defense we allowed eight of 12. Yeah. Two thirds. That is the story of 2021 right there. Can't get off the field on third down. But look, let's just remind ourselves that how many starters weren't out there. There was almost none. Um, and bear that in mind, but something to focus on moving forward. Yeah. No, that's that's fair enough. Um, 
Do you want to talk Cowboys? Do you want to go the league? Let's go the league. Let's go around the league. What did you see from from the other games of the preseason week one? Some rookies, some new isn't guys, it just good, new teams. Uh, isn't it just good to have football back on the screens? And yeah. God, it's yeah, good. It is. it is so good. It is so good. And we're only a few weeks away now from week one. It just starts to build. You feel the passion. You see the excitement. And for me, these preseason games are all about confirming your prior beliefs from the draft process, right? It's the first time we're seeing these uh, rookies in their actual uniforms they're going to be wearing for their careers. And naturally, you tend to look at the quarterbacks first. So why don't we just start there? Um, One guy who I could not believe he fell to the fifth round, Sam Howell for the Washington Commanders, looked great. He, Mm. I think he plays like Baker Mayfield. I see similarities there with... Slightly undersized, but strong arm, can scramble a bit, although Howe's better at that. And, you know, 9 of 16, 145 yards through the air, two touchdowns on the ground. I I think, um, you know, we know Carson Wentz can be an uninspiring character, and I've got no doubt the commanders are looking there thinking, oh, we might have found a reasonable, at least a backup in the fifth round, but he he was a likely, likely type from week one. Yep, liked him. Um, I think uh, Ritter at the Falcons wasn't too bad. A couple of touchdown passes, um, pretty good on the ground as well. So uh, I thought it was I great. They, I thought he was last, good. Yeah. That last one to to win the game in the end was yeah. was awesome. Um, pretty average coverage for to allow the the receiver to get to the front yep. of the end zone like that. But hey, look, you know, he was smart enough to extend the play and Absolutely. throw off balance to to get that one in there. So and Drake London good. had the one catch before he went mm. off as well. So that. Big one too, good, yeah. Good, good for Falcons fans. Yep, I thought Ritter looked okay. Um, another quarterback uh, earlier in the week was Malik Willis, who just had a couple of those flashy splash plays that got everyone excited when he was playing for Liberty, showing off that big arm, weird angle with one of his throws, and then the the t- touchdown he ran in. Yeah, yeah. T- Tannehill might just have to look over his shoulder a teensy tiny bit. That um, that was that that pick really surprised me, but. The way the off season's gone, and the way that sort of Tannehill finished last year, and he saw some pretty cool athletic traits from Malik Willis, and um, yeah, I'd be, I'd be doing extra, I'd be, I'd be going ten wheat bicks in the old cereal bowl in the morning, if you know what I mean. I'd just be no, exactly just doing, mean, going those extra extra yards. Yep, you um, need the extra calories. Um, what about old two, Kenny Two Gloves for his first game playing um, for the Steelers? What did you make of Kenny Pickett? Oh. Yeah, look, he did all right. Um, I think they they keep the passing game pretty, you know, like low yards per attempt. It was you know, pretty basic sort of stuff, just kind of getting him used to the speed of things. Um, nothing super exciting from me for him. Uh, it was all nope. pretty underwhelming, I guess. If a lot of the excitement was on the other side in their uh, receiver room with uh, old George Pickens just announcing himself and uh, already being yeah. declared a Hall of Famer by uh, all of the Twitterverse. NFL young boy. Whatever the hell that means. Good no idea. Yeah, he looks like a mean, mean guy. Uh, any others? Any strugglers? I thought Jordan Love... 
I mean, it's probably less important now that the uh, the, the Packers have committed to A-Rod, but mm. that looks like somewhat of a waste of a first pick entirely. He threw another three picks. Unless you truly believe that by selecting him, that lit a fire under Aaron Rodgers and caused the dual MVPs. <laughs> and you can't really quantify that, right? Then it, I yeah, guess it yeah. is a good use of a first-round pick. But if that could have also been a cornerback not named Kevin King, right? Or it could have been... Mm. A, an extra offensive lineman or a pass catcher. But yeah. speaking of pass catchers, Romeo Dobbs, he yep. looks like he might be a favorite of A-Rod's very early in the season. He looked pretty good from my vantage point. Yeah, my my cousin, big Packers fan, big friend of the show, Dan, uh, was chatting to him about just the love of football being back. And it was really, yeah, he, he was saying, you know, just a couple of drops, but... Promising signs uh, for Romeo Dubes, and they get uh, Christian Watson returning back from his off-season knee injury. So, shout out to Dan. Good to have some receivers drafted for Aaron Rodgers. Uh, go Pack, go. Anything further, mate? Any any other on the defensive side of the ball, perhaps? Any other White? receiver rookies? Kaiser White had yeah. an interception. Former Charger. Uh, there are a lot of Charger fans who still, it's almost their one regret of the offseason oh. that he was allowed to leave. Wouldn't it be nice if he was still there? And that's not going to help. The fact that the first opportunity came, he kind of jumped a slant. No idea why Zach Wilson threw that ball. You could actually see Robert Sala mouthing on the sideline. I can't believe he threw that. Um, <laughs> and then Zach Wilson, like two plays later, he scrambled and he's torn his friggin' meniscus. So poor Jets yeah. fans, man. They cannot catch a trick but Kaiser White looked good and it was fun seeing Jordan Davis and N'Kobe Dean running around the defensive side of the ball as well that might be oh, a fun yeah. team to watch the Eagles this year golly watching Jordan Davis even just walk out of the race is a, a th- pardon me it's a threatening experience absolute unit he's a daunting figure ludicrous um, size speaking of Zach Wilson uh, it's a real that is a real shame um, you're laughing because I've done the same injury as Zach Wilson and for people suggesting that it's a two to four week return either it's incredibly minor but if you're still having the the scrape the arthroscope Mm. it's like you're you're looking more at six to eight so that's a a big dint in the start of the the Jets season I was really excited to see him in his second year uh this sort of rejuvenated Jets team Uh, a lot of high picks and um good good offensive and, and defensive weapons. So it's a shame for them. Actually, wish you, you the, had very, you had very similar quality medical treatment at your hockey club, <laughs> right? No, no, it's irrelevant. You still, you've still got to deal with all the swelling and all, all like you can only recover as fast as you can recover. I should have said something to defend myself against such a quit, but look, I think two to four weeks is really short sighted. So don't get your mm-hmm. hopes up. If he does, yep. then I just hope he doesn't do it again. No, a few um, weeks off the uh, the mums. He's got to lay off the mums for a little the while. The milf while. hunter. <laughs> and Mate, do you do you, Zach Wilson. Right. You do you. Uh, look, we're, we're, unless there's anything else from around the league, mate, we're, at, we're halfway through our two-day joint training practice with Dallas as we, as we sit here. Um, some pretty good stuff. Mike Davis continuing his form from the preseason weekend. He picked off Herbie yesterday. He's picked off Dak today. What have you seen? What, what, what's really exciting you from these training sessions? Well, mate, you, 
you have to be a bit excited when you see see Khalil Mack applying pressure to Prescott and then he shits himself and just tops it down and it drops in the lap of Carl Van Noy because Sebastian Joseph Day, I think it was, on a kind of stunt also applied some pressure and wow, if that's what it's going to look like for the Chargers, it's just perfect. That was the perfect clip to post on the Chargers Twitter feed. We shared it and retweeted it out. That is what the preseason's for, those little snippets that warm up your loins for week one against the Raiders. FTR! (laughs) Sorry, we had a couple of requests for that. Um, I Blue, I Dream in particular. You need to throw in an FTR when you get the opportunity and... What was the re- uh, what was the actual merchandise request for a, a a desk button? A desk button. FTR. That's great. It's not it's, a bad idea. It's the um the the digital age stress ball. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. Some some nice plays. I saw Josh Palmer sort of once the ball's thrown in his direction, he took a nice catch yep. over the top for a tutty. Uh, so it's good to see Josh Palmer. Definitely. Uh, yeah. Should also mention Get a couple of charges have now been waived. So Maurice yes. French, the wide receiver, gone. Quarterback Brandon Peters, gone. Safety Skylar Thomas, gone. And then two have been waived with injury designations. That is Forrest Merrill, the defensive tackle, who I know some fans are uh, quite like, and the interior offensive lineman Isaac Weaver. So the, the 90 charges are down to 85 with more cuts to come. Yes. And more training camp to come. Is Derwin expected back on the field tomorrow or are they looking He's, at next week? Yeah, he said he might have to warm into it during his press conference today. So I, don't, I think it's unlikely you don't want to risk now the Rolls-Royce being scratched, fresh yeah. off signing the contract. <laughs> uh, but look, the only, the, the only thing I was a little concerned about is the moment Pipkins and Norden have come up and faced someone like a Micah Parsons, didn't look so good. No. And the reports from from those who were there, Tyler and the guys from Guilty as Charged who were uh, tweeting um, and do a great job with that stuff, they were noticing that it was a sloppy operation overall on offense. Generally, there were lots of false starts. Right tackle was a problem. We did not do anything to fix right, right tackle. We have just put our head in the sand, mm-hmm. crossed our fingers at the same time and prayed that one of Pipkins or Norton will magically become a league average starter, and I at least am skeptical. Yeah, it's uh, it's a bit frustrating. Uh, just to hope that the problem would fix itself. But yeah, look, pending something crazy happening in terms of a no, they're set that those are the guys. It's got to be one of them. Um, yeah, look, it's. We'll just focus on the good things and, yeah, bury our head in the sand and hope that... But Herbert's... it's mostly been good. There's plenty of good yeah. stuff to focus on. So, look, not can't complain too much. So far, it's been a great start to the season. Yeah. Yeah. Nah, awesome. Well, mate, have you got anything else Anything else you're looking... Any matchups you're looking forward to seeing for the rest of training camp... Oh, for the rest of the training camp with Dallas? Any matchups you're looking forward to watching on the weekend? Because it's sort of hard to know, unless you're well-versed with the third and fourth stringers of the Dallas Cowboys, yeah. what matchups you might be looking forward to. You're not going to get a um, oh, any of their receivers on JC Jackson, you know? Um, well, that's what I was going to say. You took the words right out of my mouth. I would love a, a still from tomorrow that Jackson's picked off Prescott and everyone's jumping around. And I noticed they like to do the machine gun thing, the AK-47, yeah, Michael David. Big, there's been a lot of it. Uh, but then guns. the guy... <laughs> 
the game this weekend. Uh, I'm just going to continue to watch the running back room. It's running backs and it is interior O-line. It's watching yep. Zion, watching JT Woods and yep. Isaiah Spiller and the other running backs. Couldn't agree with you more. Well, it's exciting. Football's back and... Yes, it is. May it may just be preseason, but you know we're still getting gritties in the end zone. Well, we got them back. We got the old blokes with the black and white shirts getting their numbers mixed up, throwing their yellow bean bags. Football's back, baby! It's incredibly exciting. It's an exciting time to be a Chargers fan. Thanks for joining us again this week, guys. Until next week when we cover the Dallas Cowboys game. Don't forget to give us a like and subscribe. You know where to find us on Twitter, at TDU underscore Chargers. It has been a treat. We'll see you next time. See you, legends.